Welcome back to Paper Movies, a novelization book club. I'm the host for this month. I'm Adam. I'm joined by Jeremy from Stupid Chainsaw Productions. He's also featured on the Live and Let's Discuss podcast, as well as the King of Our Nightmare podcast. And also is our other host, Matthew from the Geek Static and from his Star Wars podcast, The Tuscan Reader. This month in November, it's party time, P-A-R-T-Y, because we're discussing the novelization to The Mask by Steve Perry. How are you guys doing today? Good. I'm good. Thank you. Sorry, we had a little crisis over here, and I'm I'm mobile today, so that's why it's bad audio, bad video quality, but it's all right. I'm here. We're all here. Let's party. We're all good. <laughs> so... Before we get into our thoughts, of course, we're going to uh, do a little brief summary about The Mask. Now, The Mask is actually based on a comic. I have not read the comic, but I did read a little bit about it. It's The movie is a complete 180 from <laughs> how that comic book uh, actually is. But uh, just the synopsis of the film, uh, a kind of a, a nobody named Stanley Ipkiss works at a bank. He comes across a wooden mask. He later discovers that that mask uh, gives him the ability to transform into um, kind of, uh, this being with, uh, with like comical superpowers. And uh, eventually he finds himself uh, uh, being hunted down by the mob and the police as well. Now, so what did you guys think? <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm really, I, I'm really intrigued to know. I'll start. Go for it. Okay. So to me, The Mask was a movie that we weren't allowed to watch when I was a kid because my sister saw it at the age of two and it scared her so bad she had nightmares. It was on, it was when it first uh, aired on TNT or something like that. Or like we saw, we watched it on TNT and I loved it, although I've only ever seen it two or three times, and it's been a long time since I saw it. But when when Adam said, "Hey, the mask has a novelization," I and then bought it immediately. I had to also buy it immediately, and then we had to wait for Matthew yeah. to get a copy of it. I was really excited. It's Steve Perry, a no, uh, an author that I really enjoy uh, his work. He did a Star Wars novel and some Aliens novels. So he's used to writing property for like certain properties. Um, this book is a really good first half of a book. And the second half kind of slips, but I think it's still solid enough. Um, I got spider-man novelization vibes with this where spider-man had a really good like beginning a lot of stuff added into it and then at the end it's just it's just the movie but with the mask unfortunately the jokes don't seem to translate well to paper and i i figured that was going to happen coming into it it's like with Ghostbusters, another one that had issues where the jokes in Ghostbusters and the Ghostbusters 2 novelizations don't really work when they're written. It's just how these actors perform them. With that being said, there are some funny moments in this book. The beginning of this book is a, a Viking-like prequel of them dumping this mask 
in America <laughs> and like a whole hailstorm happens and and then it cuts to like a family at the beach and the beach <laughs> is super toxic and the water is brown and it's just full of garbage yeah sewage yeah and that's that's the things i thought were really funny in the book is like the satire for edge city Mm -hmm. it's just so absurd it's such a like a a satire that's funny like all this stuff with uh setting up stanley before he gets the mask it's all really solid. Even when he first has the mask on, that's pretty good. It's when we get to like, we get to really into being the mask. It just kind of falls apart a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's my my two cents of that. Yeah, uh, you definitely hit a couple of points like that I've noticed with this book too. But um, before I give my thoughts, Matthew. What did you think? Yeah, yeah, I agree, Jeremy. The uh, the opening was kind of silly. I when I first started reading, I was like, "Wait a second, this is the mask." And did they print the wrong story in this book at first? <laughs> but then when it you know it started getting to the humor with the beach scene, which I thought it was hilarious. You know, you get this mom who just doesn't care. She's just rude. Her kids running out. There was like, a, wasn't there a sewage alert? Like, don't yeah. put your kids in. Don't get in the water. There's a sewage alert. Pollution is really high right now but nobody cares but also it takes a diver just straight up dot again crushed under a pipe yeah for everybody to get out (laughs) the the, uh the i agree a lot too with the the character points the ipkis cool character in the beginning Mm -hmm. everything's going fine it's like oh guy's down on his luck he runs down to the water jumps in this nasty river pulls out the wooden mask and we get some fun with that first little bit, you know, that he gets the the clock jumps out of his pocket and goes down the hallway because it's like, you know, late at night, it's supposed to be real quiet. Mm-hmm. And he's just smashing with a hammer. This alarm clock's going off. It's like, oh, okay, I get the cartoon vibes. Kind of silly, kind of stupid for me. Um, and as it went along, it got sillier, if, if that's a, even a word, and mm-hmm. more silly as we went along. And I just... I had a really hard time getting in sync with the cartoony moments. Yeah. Like the reality of that just got really weird for me. And I just, when he would wake up, the mask was next to him. Like, Oh man, that's a crazy night. He didn't remember what he was doing. And then the next scene, it's like, he's in total control of what he's doing. I just found that just kind of weird. Um, but the, the stuff with the mafia, that was silly. Uh, the way that Steve Perry wrote their, uh, accents was pretty good. Definitely oh, yeah. like that nineties, like, Oh yeah, I could hear that. I mean, when I was a kid, me and my friends sat around and talked like that, just jokes, you know, making, mm-hmm. writing a little script of our own. And it's just, that was exactly how we did it. It was just silly, funny, but also very strange. And I couldn't really get into it. Like I wanted to. So what are your thoughts, Adam? I agree. Um, First off, I just want to say uh, I've seen this film quite a bit of times. Um, I even watched it today before we recorded because I just finished the book and I wanted to kind of see all the differences. Um, (laughs) There were quite a 
bit of things that I noticed with this book. And uh, first off, I'm just going to say the whole Viking thing. I didn't think that that was necessary at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get that they were wanting to show how the mask got where it was, but um, I didn't think that that was necessary. Like you don't really care about that in the film that much. And um, you just kind of get the, the hint of like, Oh, okay. I can see like it was, you know, the Vikings left it there or something like that, but I didn't really care for that. The beach stain was funny. I did like that. I thought, Steve Perry did a good job setting up Stanley Ipkiss's character. There mm -hmm. were some things with this book that were not in the film at all. Like there were scenes that were added. There were actually lines that were rewritten a certain way. Like some of the classic of lines that Jim Carrey said in the film, they were, they were, you know, either rephrased or just completely different mm -hmm. in the, in the book. And I'll get say so what i said that could be up to jim carrey improv mm -hmm. i think so very true very true um mm -hmm. there was also a plot hole in this book that i picked up on that i thought the film <laughs> did a better at you know addressing in this book but and i'll get into that in just a minute but you see kind of like with you guys the whole cartoon silliness it just i was really intrigued to see how steve perry could pull off all those like cartoony effects like with the clock or with you know him dancing you know in front of all the cops and everything mm -hmm. or all the funny uh it, it even actually sees him describing like and you know then the mask turned into a cartoon wolf as he whistles for tina as she sings her song or you know i'm not quoting the book i mean just kind of, uh it's, yeah but <sighs> you can tell he did the very best he could but it just wasn't the same mm -hmm. and um Jeremy, I agree with you. Like it started off pretty good, but mm -hmm. at, it, at near just near the end, it was just kind of like just kind of decreasing. I will, you know, <laughs> I will give this book credit with a lot. A lot of times when we read something that's bad, it just feels really slow. Mm -hmm. The mask never feels slow. No, mm -hmm. no, no, no. I, it's a very honestly. It took us. We all finished it pretty close to this recording, but I honestly think it's not the book's fault. It's just we have really busy schedules. But every time I pick this book up, I'd read like twenty Fly through pages. it. Yeah, yeah, at least twenty pages, if not like forty. I mean, I read probably a hundred pages in one sitting with this book. Yeah, like, too. yeah, and it, it, it didn't feel like I'd been sitting for that long. Like, it's. In that regard, it's superb, but it's just that, and I don't know if it's Steve Perry's fault that the cartoony stuff doesn't work. I don't think anyone could make that really work. Hmm. I like. Yeah, I'm trying I, to think of how Alan Dean Foster would approach that, or Max Allen Collins, um, uh, friend of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or Waylon Drew. Like some of these people who've written really good novelizations, I don't know how you mm -hmm. how they did. I don't it. know. I don't know. I don't think that they really could do anything that would have made it outstanding, because mm -hmm. it, it to me, like I said, it took me out of the story a couple times. Or he falls out of the window. You know, he's not going to die when he falls out mm -hmm. the window, but he splatters on the ground and he picks himself up. It's like, okay. um, He's invincible, 
but then he wakes up in the morning and everything's fine. It's just like, mm-hmm. it takes him, it like sucks him out of reality. And yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing where he just pulls stuff out from nowhere. Mm-hmm. It was weird. It's like, this, I guess a cross rip in the dimensions, <laughs> well, <laughs> which yeah. would have been, ex- would have been a cool thing if they could have explained like, Oh yeah. The, maybe with the storm that would always happen before somebody else puts this, the mask on, like does something to everybody else in a sense too. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. They, they barely try to explain it's Loki's mask mm-hmm. and the God of mischief. And it's just yeah. like, eh, it's that was like with it's, the uh, scene with the, there's the scene with the doctor when uh, yeah. it gets sees like an advertisement, right? he's like, Oh, I want to go talk about this. Go see this doctor. Cause he sees like a book or something in the window. And the next scene is him in the, the guy's office, which I thought was kind of funny. Cause he's like, yeah, I, I need to know what more about the mask situation. And the guy's like, you know, it's a metaphor, you know, and if was just left to figure things out on his own. Yeah. I definitely agree with you guys. Like this book was not hard to read at all. Like it mm-hmm. was in a very quick read. I finished like the other night, like I had like 120 pages left. I finished a hundred pages of it within like an hour Mm-hmm. and finish the rest you know within just less than an hour and you know it's all the it's you know it's not hard to retain at all like what you read you know it's very easy to retain like you don't yeah. you don't get like too horribly lost but um right uh but there's a couple of things that this not one not that this novelization did that uh one that i liked too that like i said earlier was a plot hole and like um in the film, there's a scene where uh, after he gets the mask, like he's, you know, walking up the stairs in his apartment and his landlady, uh, Mrs. Peeman, um, she's like, do you have any idea what time it is? And he goes, actually, no, like saying it very sarcastic. But in this novelization, it actually explains the meaning behind the actually knows because he just got his watch robbed, you know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that part, but... and. <laughs> I was going to say this for later, but I'll just go ahead and get to it. There is a big plot hole that I just uh, noticed. And I don't know if you guys caught on to it too, but um, uh, it was the scene where after uh, Tina goes to visit Stanley in jail and um, mm-hmm. he she gets ambushed afterwards by Dorian Tyrell, the villain of the story and all of his, mm-hmm. uh, and all of his men. But this is at the point where Dorian has the mask and mm-hmm. he says that um, he's never taken the mask off. You know, he, you know, hasn't had to eat or sleep with it. But um, the plot hole that I caught on was Stanley said that the mask only works at night. So. Hmm. Because the like, only thing I could think of is if he took it off in the daytime. Like then it wouldn't work. But if he didn't take it off. Yeah. I thought about that, but I was just like, you know, I just wish they kind of would have explained it. Like if you keep it on during the day, does it stay on or does it like, um, or if like, um, or does like, if during the day, does it fall off automatically? Cause you know, like they say, cause it only worked at night. That's just what I caught on. Yeah. So. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. That is kind of funky. Something that I did not like was when that Dorian, that mobster would put the mask on. It would say Dorian slash mask. I didn't like, like that either. Just they also call did Milo it. slash mask. <laughs> they they did. And I maybe it's humor that Steve mm-hmm. Perry put in there, or if it was just like to make oh make sure that these people are wearing the mask. Because when Stanley has it, it's just 
the mask. The mask, yeah. I, I, call I it, it would have uh, been better if it was just all, everybody was the mask when they had it on. I just I I call it a La Ook situation. If anyone's read last uh, Star Wars Last Command, there's a spoilers. Luke fights a clone of himself, but Timothy's on to differentiate. The clone of Luke is spelled L-U-U-K-E. And then in the audiobook, um, Mark Thompson calls him Luke. <laughs> it's like that. It's just to differentiate because it, they don't all act the same as the mask. It it brings out like it exaggerates things. Like that's why Stanley's a cartoon character. He watches cartoons. Yeah, they also tried to make Dorian kind of a cartoon character as well in the novelization. But he's like, twisted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I remember this one where like Mrs. Peenman tried to shoot Dorian and it said like he turned into like a like a Superman or superhero like. Uh, and yeah, he puts his hands on his hips. Yeah, I just like, on, I think. Yeah, I, I and, you know, uh, I don't know. I kind of like the version from the film better because he was more menacing like he did things still in a comical way but it was more threatening than what the mask did like like there you know there's a scene where he gets shot several times and he absorbs the bullets and then he just like shoots them out of his mouth in a machine like a machine gun and but you know that's just me <laughs> yeah i mean the stuff that i did like was the, the beginning all the dramatic stuff the uh the stuff with the mechanics was pretty funny Mm -hmm. Yeah, they kept like, oh yeah, we got this problem, or oh yeah, okay, well if you take use this coupon, you can get this fixed. I thought it was funny because it's just like, yeah, typical mechanic, you know, trying to scam somebody, <laughs> and they pulled it off pretty good with Stanley. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was another scene that I was kind of wondering how uh, Steve Perry was going to pull off, like because it, it happened in the film too, like after the mask got his revenge on them for uh screwing him over um like he, yeah. he took these metal bars and just stuck them where the sun don't shine and yeah. and like i was like i'm kind of wondering how that was going to be written and and it just basically was pretty straightforward it's just like oh yeah you know there was just two metal pipes in their back ends and i'm just like ouch what do you think of uh, stanley's friend his co-worker the uh charlie right is that his name He's more of yeah, Charlie. He's more of a jerk in the book than he is in the film. I thought it was funny that you know he's always talking, staying like, "Oh man, it's gonna be all right." You, you know, here's some ladies, but he would always get <laughs> left behind. You know, but yeah. it was funny because he also had a little bit of respect for Stanley because he would, you know, the the pretty lady would come over to to Stanley and Charlie, be like, "Hey, it's all yours, buddy." You know, he'd walk off to go do his uh, his work. Um, but the characters, the, the cop Callaway, Callaway, right? yeah, Lieutenant Callaway, Callaway. I thought he was fine. Um, funny in the beginning when he shows up at Stanley's apartment, it's like it's, you didn't hear anything when you had gunshots going off. Okay, that's that's weird. Um, and then he just had this idea that Stanley's involved somehow, he figured it out, you know. Yeah, he was actually a good cop. I mean, they the novelization portrayed him more as crooked, like because you know there's in the in the book, but in the film, like you know he didn't do some of the things that uh, he did in the comics. Like in the book, there's a scene where he like outright like punches Tyrell, 
or Dorian Tyrell in the nose, like, you know, and, uh, <laughs> but in the book, he doesn't do that, you know, whenever, um, but yeah, he figures it out pretty quick. You know, he's a good detective. And, uh, <laughs> I think Stanley though, he should have just said like, he's like, you didn't hear any, all the gunshots. And like, I think he could have gotten away with it. So like, Oh yeah, we, we hear gunshots all the time. You know, <laughs> it's, it's nothing yeah. new. There was one thing they did with Charlie that I noticed in the film also, uh, like in the film, like when he gets into the club, the the Coco Bongo for the first time, mm-hmm. like he talks to one of the bouncers and he's just like, hey, it's Charlie. And the guy's like, oh, hey, dude, and lets him in. And the novelization, like he was bribing him, just like, hey, he pulls out like <laughs> some money and says like, oh, yeah, there you are. He pulls I didn't out recognize Stanley's you. money. Oh, Stanley's money. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, I remember you. Come on in. And and, and the sad part is, like you said, Matthew Stanley still got, you know, jilted on that deal. Yeah. What do you think about the what, what did you think about like Kellaway and Charlie, uh, Jeremy? Oh, they're fine. Um, like the thing is, a lot of these characters play, of course, second fiddle to Stanley. Stanley's the main character. <clears throat> and they're not really flushed out a whole lot. Same with Tina. Tina's really yeah. not a character. Yeah. Um, a weird, but, I mean, a strange love interest. They're fine. Whatever. And I don't I don't get any connection with them, really. Although it's nice for Stanley to get the babe at the end. Mm-hmm. And that he can yeah. get the babe be, by being himself. Yeah, that's I did like nice. that message. Yeah, that that's nice. Um, and he doesn't because like the mask is like what he wants to be, but he doesn't have to be that. He can be himself. I did like that. Uh, there was quite a few scenes in this novelization that were not in the film. Like, uh, there was a scene that was a deleted scene, and that was the death of the reporter Peggy Brant. Um, like she. I guess tries to leave and Dorian Tyrell's like, Hey, no stay. And then, you know, I think she pulls out a gun on him and like, she ends up getting killed in the same way in the deleted scene. Like she's thrown in that, uh, that, uh, that, that uh, printing paper. press. Printing yeah. Press. Yeah. 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 The printing press. Thank you. And, um, and there's also like, there's an additional scene. Like there's a scene where, um, uh, with the Swede, um, uh, what was his name? Uh, We'll just it was Dorian's boss. Um there was two yeah, scenes just, where he I think go- they just called him the Swede. Yeah, yeah. The- but uh there's two scenes where uh he has like a confrontation with Dorian, but in the movie there was only one. Like one of them mm-hmm. was the one we see in the film where you know he his bodyguards hold him down and he plays golf with his face. And mm-hmm. um and there's another one where uh he's like basically just like threatening him. And yeah. uh, so I did like that we got additional scenes. Like, um, did they really add much to the story? Not really. Not all of them anyway. I mean, it was kind of nice to get, it was, it was kind of nice to have like an expanded version of the story, but in a way though, some of those scenes just, you know, didn't really add much to the story, but, um, uh, but other than that, like, the like I said, the book was not a hard read at all. It was mm-hmm. you could get through it probably in a day, or like maybe two or three hours, because it was not a hard read at all. And um, normally we, <laughs> it's funny because normally we try to like do these uh, books to like you know say hey you should totally check out the novelization of the film, but this is like the exception where I'd be like, uh, I'd stick with the film. 
See, the last time I saw this movie was when it came out in theaters. I saw <laughs> it in the drive-in in 1994 or 1995, whenever it came out. Yeah, I probably saw it around 99 or 2000, 2000, I think. So it's, it's been a long, a long while, you know. Now, Son of Mask, I've seen that more recently and wished I hadn't. I have not seen it. I do not intend to see it. And it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. I my brother had it, and um, I think he I saw like a clip from it, and I was just like, "Yeah, no," and just walked away. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) yeah, like I saw this. Like I said, I saw it today, but like I didn't own it. Like the last time I remember seeing it all the way through, uh, I remember watching it the night before my wedding. Like we had a rehearsal dinner, everybody went to bed. I couldn't sleep, and um, because you know, you know, getting married, I was nervous getting married the next yeah. day. And then I was like trying to find something to calm me down, and then <laughs> the mask was on, so I watched it. So, <laughs> um, uh, so what would you guys rate this book? Um, I can go first if you'd like, because sure. I was kind of going back and forth on what I would give it, you know, I'm going to just officially give it a C plus. It was not a horrible book. It just wasn't, you know, it was just Steve Perry did, you know, a good job with it, like the best that he could do, but it's just like, you know, trying to tackle on all those jokes, like those cartoony effects and everything, just kind of like what Matt said, it kind of takes you out of it a little bit. And yeah, I'm just gonna say, and the, you know, with the plot holes that I caught on everything, I'm just gonna say C plus. I'm gonna give it a C plus as well. I think there's some things that could have been handled much better than they were in the book, but I I don't understand. I don't know how it could have been better, but just the cartoony stuff really took me out. Really, nothing much with the character that really drew me in and was like rooting for. A couple of funny moments, but yeah, C plus overall. For me, it has a lot of the elements that I've said before that personally I like in a novelization. I like it short and concise. Add some new stuff that was probably cut out of the film. And I just, I like a good flowing book. This is not the worst thing we've read on this podcast. But I'm going to, I was... I enjoyed it, I think, a lot more than you guys did. A lot like Hook. But I enjoyed it more than Hook. And I think I'll give this a 3.87 out of 5. Almost a 4 out of 5. In fact, on Goodreads, I gave it a 4 out of 5 because a 3 out of 5 felt too little, and I just rounded up. <laughs> but it's a 3.87 from me. Okay. Um, really solid first half, but the second half just kind of... But yeah. still fast paced enough that I enjoyed it. No, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Jeremy. It's the perfect link for a novelization. You know, it's uh, short, sweet, to the point in a way. And it's just, um, but I don't know. I just didn't. It it just didn't really hit all the right notes, I guess is how I should say. It. But it wasn't a horrible book, and like you said, it wasn't the most horrible thing we've read on here. But yeah, just I think yeah, that's just <laughs> C plus for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 makes sense. Makes sense. I this is one of those where I'm not going to can 
be like, what? How could you right. do that? It's yeah. like, oh, right. no, that makes 100% sense. Yeah. This but, is definitely one of those stories where you, you don't have a problem with somebody. Of course, people that there are people out there that have a problem with other people enjoying something, which is weird to me. But yeah. like this one is one that you just, if somebody got mad at somebody else for liking it or disliking it strongly, I, I don't see how that would be possible. I don't see that this novelization has like a cult following. Like, you know how certain novelizations are just considered yeah. incredible? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whether they deserve it or not. Um, cough, cough, Revenge of the Sith. Cough, cough. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's whatever. Um, yeah. I wanted I... to. Oh, go on. No, it's okay. I was gonna say, uh, I definitely agree. I didn't I didn't even know this novelization existed until I just like randomly went on a website that just said, "Hmm, you know, uh, list of movie novelizations or whatever it was called," and then it <laughs> popped up. And I'm like, "Wait, the mask has one?" And then like immediately looked it up, and I was just like, "Order," you know. <laughs> and I followed suit. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but you know, with that said, you know, I don't regret buying it. I still yeah, no, it. me neither. It's not like. It looks it looks like a cool thing sitting on the shelf, you know. Matthew, what did you pick for your month? Next month, we are going to be this is weird, I know. For the month of December, we are doing Reanimator. <laughs> you can get yeah. your copy digitally or audible on Audible uh, from Amazon. They have the Kindle <laughs> edition. Uh, the audiobook is like four and a half hours long. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to watch the movie for free, it's over on that Tubi website, mm -hmm. T-U-B-I. I was actually going to say, Jeremy, like, well, you know, the, you not liking Halloween Kills, you know, had some good because then you can return that credit and use that credit to get Reanimator. <laughs> Which I did. That's actually exactly <laughs> what I did. <laughs> called it. Called it. <laughs> I was like, let's get ahead on the reading, which... Matthew and I have gotten a good chunk of it done already. Yep. I'm about to so, download it after we record, but um, yeah. Oh, um, it's written by Jeff Rovin. Jeff Rovin. Okay. So, yeah, it was, great, I, I, yeah. I've never heard of this guy, so. It's a great nice. way to spend the holiday season and, you know, in 2021. Reanimator. Reanimator. <laughs> one of the most disgusting movies ever made. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I love it. it up a little bit. And then Good. we're going to have an, an announcement video coming after that with some yeah. updates to the channel. What's going to happen next season on paper movies. For foin, foin, foin. <laughs> That's all folks. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, be sure to catch Jeremy stupid change Hall productions, catch Matthew, the geek static, and you can find me at Brian VRM or red five reviews. And also uh, you can find Matthew at Tuscan reader the Tuscan Reader podcast and Jeremy at live and let's discuss and King of our nightmares, which uh, you actually do post from your stupid chainsaw productions channel. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They, they show okay. up on there. If you want to watch them on YouTube. Okay. Well guys, thanks so much for joining us on this month. Uh, discussion of the mask. Be sure to join us next month for reanimator and uh, we'll be posting updates about the uh, update to our channel uh, soon. So yeah, just keep on the eye out for those guys. Have a great one. Stay Gucci.